It's almost over. It's the final countdown to Election Day. Before Election Day on Saturday, October 14th. The World Cup of New Zealand politics drawing to a close. Are you voting this year? Aye. Yes, I am. Yes. Yes. Yes, I will be voting this year. But there's still an important job to do. The Electoral Commission's setting up shop in libraries, churches, memorial halls in Marae bringing voting stations into the spaces people use. Hi, I'm Alexia Russell. And I'm Sharon Brett-Kelly. And today on The Detail, we're behind the scenes at the ballot box. Thousands of polling booths, tens of thousands of special staff and millions of votes to count. And while we're watching the headlines to find out what party comes out on top, there's a massive logistical exercise going on behind the scenes. And the people who put their hands up for this job often have reasons that are close to the heart. I sat down with Anusha Gula, the Deputy Chief Executive of the Electoral Commission. What are you going to be doing on Election Day? Oh, we'll be all at the command centre waiting for the results to roll in. (laughs) Where's the command (laughs) centre? It's at our national office. In Wellington? Yeah. What does it look like? It's just, you know, got all the screens up. Staff will be verifying details as they're feeding it onto the website. So do you have a map of the country and then it lights up red or blue? Uh, No, (laughs) we don't. I think uh, some of the media do. (laughs) And before anyone asks, no, she doesn't have any I voted stickers. And apparently they were cut because the feedback in 2020 was that we didn't want them. So we have no one to blame but ourselves. Anusha's in charge of operations and the general election is a big beast to operate. We start uh, two years in advance to plan the general election And it's a huge effort. We employ over 25,000 roles and we've got to hire venues right across the country. So it does start well in advance, otherwise we won't be able to secure property to uh, have as voting places. Did you say 25,000 roles? Yes. So what roles are they? They, The people who show, you know, people how to vote? So we start off with elected manager roles, so people that will actually manage each electorate and then find the voting places and then we staff those voting places uh, with multiple roles. Plus we have mobile teams that go into rest homes and hospitals and prisons. So it's not just the voting places, it's coordinating the mobile teams and then we coordinate the delivery of the overseas voting and make sure all ballot papers are couriered over to the various uh, overseas locations and have them also available on the website for download for those that are overseas. Plus we have to have you know staff that are drivers that will s- deliver ballot papers to the various voting places and bring them back. We have recruitment managers that have to help us recruit all these 25,000 roles. So it's a huge task. So when you go in to vote, those people that you see, you know, welcoming you and pointing you the right direction, are they all paid roles? It's not volunteer? Yes, all our roles are paid roles. There are no volunteers. How many polling booths do we have? Uh, We have 800 that are open during the advance period and there are 2,300 voting places on election day. And Sharon, you went along to one of those 800 early voting booths to find out what it was like. Yeah, and Alexia, there's a heck of a lot more to it than you'd think. These people work 
big hours. So while the rest of us will be digesting the results tomorrow night, some of them are still working at the counting. And then some of them come back the next day too. I spent a couple of hours at Pakuranga Plaza in East Auckland where there was a bit of a rush of early voters and such a range of people from an elderly Chinese couple to a young Māori woman who came in with her friend, didn't even plan to vote, hadn't even registered and then within five minutes she was all signed up. So I talked to a few of the people working there about why they got involved, like Kim. I'm a people person. I like chatting to people, finding out how their day has been. Um, there's a lot of chat about the weather, obviously, <laughs> being in Auckland. You feel good that you've you know, helped them along, helped them get, get the job done, and, and I always say to them, well done as well, for you know, making the effort to come along and vote. I'm Lee Perez. And I see on your label there, your languages are English and Filipino. Yes, that's correct. Must be pretty valuable for doing this job? Yes, yeah, it does um, help and people um, who speak my language, like I can help them, you know, more. Is there anything that surprises you about what has, you know, the whole process? Surprises me? Um, Like compared to my country or like other country, I think like the voting here is like, it's like an easy um, process, like, yeah, it's not complicated. Yeah, people yeah. just walk people in, just they, walk don't even in. Need, they don't they even don't need, need their ID. Yeah, yes, and also like, even if you like come from another place, you can al- always vote in every voting places and everything is like accessible. No um, barriers. Yeah, no barriers or, yeah. No <laughs> reason not to vote. Yeah. <laughs> My name is Farooq Mirza and I'm working as an issuing officer at the election booth. So this your first time working here? First time inside the booth. I've done the enrollments previously, but it's the first time working inside the booth. Okay, and yeah. how are you finding it? I really enjoy it. It's good to see a wide selection of people, not just ethnicity, but also just all kinds of employment, all kinds of you know retired people, young people, first-time voters. It's good to see a lot of first-time voters. And in terms of helping maybe you New Zealanders, you, you'd be crucial. Yeah, I mean, I've been here nearly 30 years, so I, I am a Kiwi. and I But I mean, helping people who are coming yes, in to vote yes. for the first I, time, maybe? I think maybe? a lot of people are quite, quite um, it's a big thing for them. And a lot of people are coming from countries where they don't have a very clear voting structure or they're not really exposed to voting. So that is really, really interesting. They ask a lot of questions. What kind of questions? Some are pretty simple questions like, you know, where do I take and, you know, can I use a pen and those simple things. But some go on to ask, like, which candidate do I vote for, which we're not allowed to say. So we say, you know, whichever one you like. And I had a gentleman the other day, he had dementia and uh, he wasn't able to understand quite fully. Uh, he nearly put a blank sheet into the, you know, we asked him to take it and, you know, like, he's got partial dementia or something, so he forgot the moment he got up from the seat and he was going to drop it in the booth and we're like, no, no, come, let us help you. Mm-hmm. So it's good to see everyone voting. I think that's the big thing. I think every vote counts and uh, speaking English is not a requirement for voting. Then there's Nigel Tainui. Now, he's been doing this for nearly 30 years, and it actually runs in the family. 
I'm a mobile support person for the Pakaranga electorate in Auckland. What does that mean, Nigel? Uh, I'm basically the eyes and ears for the electorate manager out in the field, so I visit all of the voting places just to see how things are going, see if they need more supplies, um, sort out any staffing issues or if we need to move people around to where the voting demand is. This is your ninth election where you worked for the Electoral Commission? Uh, yeah it is, yeah. So I've been doing it since 1996 I think. Um, for me it's a bit of a family affair. So my dad has done it, his dad has done it, two of my sisters have done it and so I grew up on the west coast in Hokitika and we, um, our family, we've pretty much operated a small voting place there for a long time and so me and my two sisters we had to serve an apprenticeship under dad as issuing officers first and then as our careers have kind of taken us around the country just stayed involved. What is it about it that keeps you coming back? Well uh, not only is it New Zealand's kind of biggest logistical exercise um, that happens every three years I like meeting people, practice those you know, communication skills and, and sometimes you, know, you have voters that come in that want to sort of you know, debate with you and so it's to be able to bat those off and, and you know, stay on, in line with the key messaging of what being an electoral official is about and that is to remain neutral. So. Oh, debate, they want to debate politics with you? Sometimes they do, right. sometimes they do. Um, like what kind of what do they say when oh, they Oh, they might up? want to say, you know, is, who, who should I vote for or what kind of policies do you believe in or who are you going to vote for and things like that. And so to remain impartial, we treat a fine line there to be able to keep them happy and, you know, so they don't get too rowdy but also to stay within, you know, the neutrality of what the role means. Does it get tricky at times though, Nigel, if, if people do want to have a bit of a, a ding-dong political debate with you? Oh, not really. I mean, I've never really been, you know, hugely challenged before, but, you know, usually a bit of humour or, or something like that, that can usually, you know, bring someone back down and that's essentially what we're here for, is to make sure everyone can have a vote and to be able to process them through the voting place and send them back out into the world. <laughs> Tell me about how you prepare... For the day? Uh, yeah, well, my only real special routine is to make sure that I drink lots of water before election day because it is a long day. Most of us are in our voting places at seven o'clock getting them ready um, and sometimes you know we can still be there packing up well after the seven o'clock finish. Um, we can be there counting votes and packing up you know, right up till 10, 11, maybe even a little bit later as well. As a mobile support person I stay out until all the voting places are closed and that I know that those staff are all on the way home. Special clothes? You've got your, um, your high-vis yeah. yeah, no real jacket. special clothes, although we have to make sure that whatever clothing we all wear is politically neutral, so you know, we can't be in you know, colours that might signify you might be supporting a particular party. But, um, and then it's uh, check-in with headquarters to see if there's any last updates. Are you feeling nervous or excited? I, I actually get quite excited about the elections. Every three years when they come around, you know, as soon as the date is announced, I'm putting an annual leave at my, my, my normal day job. It's, um, you know, it's a great thing to be part of. What's the trickiest thing, most challenging thing you've had to deal with in, in the nine elections that you've worked on? Well, um, I worked in a small booth on the west coast uh, at Arahura. That's, that's actually where my family marae is. And it's just a two-person booth, so it was my sister and myself working there. 
and about oh, about 20 to 7 we had a van load of people from Masterton's area show up saying look we've been down here for an event and we've just realised that we need to vote. But we only had one voting paper for that particular electorate and so what we do then is we either photocopy a special vote for that area or if you don't have a photocopier, which we didn't, we actually had to handwrite them out. So uh, we were there a little bit longer, but they all still got to vote. But we had to handwrite out all the names of the candidates, all the parties, and all oh. the information oh, about okay. eight times. So yeah. Oh, right. but, yeah. But if there's one thing I've learned from being part of um, the elections, is that there's a number of fail safes and backup plans in place so that no matter what happens, people still have the opportunity to vote. It's not just fail-safes and backup plans. As well as that, they've got to think of the scrutinising, the checking every single document, making sure they get to every single eligible voter. And, of course, it all adds up to a lot of not just a lot of work, but a lot of money. It is quite a costly business. When I talked about we have 25,000 people, the least that they get paid is a living wage, And we have to hire property, security, technology. So we're looking at about $144 to run an election. Well, there's not a a price you would like to see repeated a few weeks down the track. No. Now we're less than a week away from the election, but Nationals already warning of a growing chance we'll need another one if they can't reach a deal with New Zealand first. Why are you panicking oh, so much? Oh, we're not panicking at all. Um, we You're are very, a second election we are very before focused even on one. making sure New Zealanders understand the gravity of the situation. It has been floated this year that if we can't get agreements, we may have to have a second election. Is that taken into your calculations? I mean, how do you prepare for that? Um, we have not uh, factored that into our planning. We're looking at delivering a successful general election this weekend. Because that has not happened before, obviously. No. $144 million. Is it? Does it go up every year? It must have, I mean, inflation Absolutely. Inflation, cost of the hire of properties this year was huge because... Uh, building prices had gone up and it was much easier during COVID. Nobody was using the building, so we could get it for a much lesser rate. But we definitely noticed the increased cost in property and personnel and technology. So no one just says, oh, look, you can you can use my shed for free. Uh, gone are those days. <laughs> they want to do their, their democratic duty. As you would be surprised, some people have made it available to us for free, uh, but those are mainly in rural areas and smaller towns. But in big cities, we have to pay the market rates. Mm. So is there a limit on your budget or is it all worked out early on and you cannot spend past that? Was there no limit on democracy? Well, I guess, um, you know, we we present to the Ministry of Justice what it's going to cost us and they allocate the funding. And as we progress, if we need more, we go back to them. Of course, you can never calculate the possibility of someone dying before the election. The shock by-election has been triggered by the death of Axe Port Waikato candidate Neil Christensen. Voters in Port Waikato will be heading back to the polling booth just six weeks after the general election. What did you do when Act candidate for Port Waikato, Neil Christensen, died. Yeah, it was a bit sad, but we we just got to go with what the law expects of us, so we go back to the legislation and 
uh, we have to rerun the voting for that ele- uh, Port Waikato electorate. And is this something that you have contingency plans for? It must have happened in the past. Uh, not at not for the general election. This is the first time since MMP that we've had a candidate uh, pass away during the election. When it comes to casting votes, there are some myths around. For example, electoral commission workers are allowed to vote. They're impartial in their roles, but they still get their say, obviously. And contrary to what NZ Loyal Party leader Liz Khan says, there are no machines doing the counting. And the reason that Jacinda Ardern told us last time, go early, go early, go early, was to get all your votes into the machines. If you don't know what the machines means, look up how Biden got into his term of office through those voting machines. That's purely an American import. There's nothing to do with us. Voting machines are not on the, the agenda. Absolutely not. All our votes are manually counted. Today's the last day of early voting. Tomorrow, it's game day. And we all know the next step. Go to your own booth, tick two boxes, then post the ballot papers in the cardboard boxes. But then what? Yeah, well, that's not the end of it. And when the polls close at 7 o'clock... That's not the end of the day for Nigel Tainui, who's been there since 7am. We'll just cut through one of these. Cut through here, cut through the voting booth. So these are the ballot boxes. Um, They're all numbered and named according to the electorate. Um, Here at our voting place here, we actually take uh, votes for a number of locations. Uh, That's because we're kind of central to um, or on the border of shared electorates. And then you've got your special votes at the end for, for people who are outside these electorates. Yeah, there could be a number of reasons why someone needs to cast a special vote. That could be um, because they need to um, up, update their details. They could be a first-time voter. They might be. Um, they could have been overseas for some time and just sort of dropped off the electoral rolls kind of radar. Mm. But that's a quick process to be able to update and enrol on the day and still be able to cast a vote. Uh, voting finishes at 7? 7 o'clock, yes. 7pm, and then what happens to these ballot paper boxes? Right, Uh, so we close the doors, make it all secure here. We will open all of these boxes, and our first thing is to make sure that each box actually contains votes for that electorate. Then um, we have a process that we go through to reconcile how many votes we believe have been issued for that particular electorate here and then we get into the counting and so the counting is Oh you're actually doing the counting here? We do the counting here as well. Oh okay. Yep so for all of the ones that we have here on election night we count here and then we phone those results in to the commission and it doesn't finish there Um, that's when the staff then have to securely pack everything up particularly the votes and then two of the staff have to take those back to our electorate headquarters on the night where it's all checked and accounted for again. And that's ready for Sunday morning when the what we call the official count happens. So it's all counted again, the whole lot, um, and materials are returned to the various electorates so that they can go through the same process. How do you feel when it's all over for you, all over for another election? <clears throat> I... I, I feel like a real, you know, a real sense of accomplishment um, that you know the, the great people that I've worked with, you know, that we have delivered something that's really important for New Zealand's democracy. 
And this is something a lot of people I talk to bring up, that New Zealand's democracy is something, you know, we take for granted. But overseas, it's not a given. Here's Farouk again, the issuing officer from earlier. Where you come from, I know that you've say, been here for 30 years. Did you vote in your country yes, of origin? Yes, I came from India. Um, okay, so can you tell me how different how different is the voting uh, place One is this here? is very, very light compared to the numbers that uh, turn up there. Uh, voting there is about two or three days, and it's like crowds of hundreds of thousands non-stop. So you've got to stand in the queue for an hour, hour and a half before you get a chance to vote. And I remember I was eligible for voting. It was my first time voting, and I was quite excited. And when I turned up at the booth after waiting for two hours, I, would, I was told someone else had already voted for me. Um, <laughs> How can that be? Well, Of the same name, same it, details? Uh, they don't check so much, and someone just went ahead in the morning. And, and that's the thing about democracies like that, that there's a lot of rigging and there's a lot of other things going on. It's, mm. it's all political. So uh, that was, well, I kind of went to vote, but I didn't really vote. So my first experience of voting was in New Zealand. And I think New Zealand has one of the cleanest democracies in that sense of voting and, um, you know, how much checks and balances we have to do as an issuing officer. We've got to, everything is manual and a lot of people say, why is it not electronic and why do I have to, you know, fill this form and that form? But that's all the checks and balances that are there. So people, we don't make mistakes and the vote counts. What are those checks and balances? So, for example... Um, if you're doing a special vote, there's a declaration form you need to fill. If you need to register yourself, there's a registration form you need to fill. Then what we need to do is we need to check it on the, I guess, the ballot sheet. And then we have to mark that name off on there. There's like six different places we need to write the same number, the voting number uh, or the sheet number where the name sits. Mm. So that, And then that is checked again. Uh, at the time of voting and stuff. So, you know, it all needs to tally. So it can be cumbersome, but I think it's a good process. So as long as it's fair to everyone, that's what matters. I just want to encourage first-time voters to come and vote. If you want to make a change, please come and vote, because then if you don't vote, then you don't have a say and you can't complain about it for the next three, four years. If you put a vote, then you have a right to say something. If you don't vote, then shut up. Okay, that's saying it straight through. How did you get involved in this? What what sparked your interest? You mean in elections? Yeah. Um, I think it's my personal journey that uh, motivated me to work in the Electoral Commission. I was born in South Africa during the apartheid era, and I didn't have the right to vote, neither did my parents. So when I saw this role, I knew it was for me must be extremely satisfying for you. Yeah, I feel extremely privileged to be able to make democracy happen in New Zealand. Well, that's it for today. I'm Sharon Brett-Kelly. And I'm Alexia Russell. The details supported by the Public Interest Journalism Fund. This episode was engineered by Phil Benj and produced by Bonnie Harrison. Thanks to Farouk, Nigel, Ain Lee and Kim at the Pakaranga Plaza Voting Booth and to Anusha Gula. Now, if you haven't already, get out and vote. You can find a list of polling booths at elections.nz. Kakite anō. Ka